This is Lauren V. Davis, host of the Real Personal Branding Podcast. And today you're listening to the best show to help people improve their most significant relationships to build a better overall life, Relationships and Revenue with John Hewlin. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. I am so glad that you chose to spend time with me today. And it is my absolute pre pleasure to have on the podcast, Lauren Davis. Lauren, how are you? Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. You bet, you bet. Well, folks, I'm super excited to have her with us today because Lauren is the queen of social media and branding. She is amazing at those things. And I can't wait for you to learn more about her. So let me tell you a little bit about her. So Lauren is clearly an entrepreneur. Uh, she, believe it or not, is a record store owner in the town where she lives. It's fantastic. I love that. I love that she's a record store owner. In fact, this is a little bit of an aside. It reminds me back when I was a kid, Lauren. When I was a kid, I lived in St. Louis. I lived in a part of St. Louis called Webster Groves. Okay. Okay. The, a very older, well-established part of town. I mean, when I was a kid, all the trees were giant. I mean, that's how old it was. I mean, it's been around a long time. And there was a local record store that we would go into with frequency. I mean, this was long before. I mean, there were no cassette tapes at that time. And so occasionally you would even see reel to reel. I mean, this, I realize I'm dating myself here, but it was mostly records. Yeah. So 33s and 45s, but, uh, but yeah, you would see that all over the place. And so when I've heard you talk about your record store every single time, that's what I imagine. Yeah, frequency. Similar to that. Yeah, yeah. We're one of few record stores that don't even, we don't carry used CDs or anything mm. like that. We we carry a huge selection of used records, which is also um, something you don't see as much anymore. You know, lot, lots of stores do have used records, but we have like a huge selection of used records. So people know that if they're coming through Rockford, Illinois, if they're, which is, you know, the home of Cheap Trick, the home of the Rockford Peaches, yeah. you know, that Rockford Peaches movie. Um, if you're yeah. coming through Rockford, Illinois, and you stop at Culture Shack, which is the name of our record store, you're going to get the true record digging experience of being able to find those little gems or mm. or finding a record that you maybe once had or that you've been looking for that you didn't even know was possible to find in a record store. So that's kind of our, that's what our, uh, our little unique thing about our stores, and we're so happy to be in business. We're celebrating 15 years, and this this year it's our 15th. Wow, so. that's fantastic! Yeah, I, I am curious though. Do you get people who find out about your store but know they can't come in, and so they like put requests in? And if you come across something, somebody can buy from you, and you can send it to them. We don't often do that because so many records are um come like they're they come and go so fast. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the excitement of the dig, right? Like that you can go to a record store. It's not just a couple clicks on a, on a web browser, but you can actually go to a record store, find that magic record that maybe you've been looking for. And of course, if, um, you know, if, if someone is looking for a new record, because almost every artist is putting out vinyl right now, almost every artist, um, 
like everyone from Billie Eilish to Taylor Swift to any of the the main pop you know pop music people all the way to hardcore to metal to psych jazz all of it's being lots of it's being reissued and lots of records are are um are being created you can buy any new record that's coming out on our website so we do want we always want to make sure that like if someone is looking for something special we always encourage them to see if there is a new version of it available on our website and generally they can find almost any record they're looking for. Wow. See, I learned something new today. I didn't know you yeah. could do that. Yeah, yeah. We don't put used records on our website because like I said, we're trying to retain that that magic of the record store and something that's really important to us. Okay. All right. I get that. All right. Well, folks, in addition to having the record store. <laughs> yeah. We talk um, about that forever. Oh, we could. <laughs> we definitely could. Uh, in addition to that, she is the host of the Real Personal Branding Podcast. And I think I also mentioned that she is a personal brand strategist, and she also holds another title that I bet she holds extremely dear to her heart, and that is wife. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And how long have you guys been married? We've been married. We've been together for 15 years, the same length of the store. Oh, okay. So the whole story in itself. And then we have um, been married for 11 years in September. That's fantastic. Yeah. Love to hear that. So, Lauren, now that we barely scratched the surface into who you are. Mm -hmm. uh, take us back a little bit. We'd love to learn more about you, kind of how you got your start, kind of how the, even owning the record store, what impact did that have or how did that lead into this whole realm of social media, marketing, personal branding, all that? Sure. When I was, um, I mean, let's take it back to 1987 when I was born. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> So uh, when I was little, though, I used to, I was always creating businesses in my neighborhood. I had mm -hmm. lemonade stands. I would paint rocks and sell them at art fairs. I would um, paint furniture as a teen and sell it. I, I just always had this. Uh, I remember, actually, the first time I sat in my kitchen with my mom and dad. My dad wrote out a business plan for me. He was showing me how it would work for me to recycle cans because that's what I was doing and, like, how I could actually be profitable from it. So I was um, trying, you know, that like really set the gears in motion. Like I just got the chills thinking about it because I remember that moment thinking like, wow, this is in my control. I can do this. And I was nine years old, you know. So from that moment on, I was like, I am hooked on, on doing things like this. I didn't really understand the concept of what that was back then. But now I know, okay, that was actually like the entry point to me becoming an entrepreneur so when I was um, a youngster my when I was an early teen my mom had a dog biscuit bakery um, that closed then now it's reopened under a different name which is uh, amazing my parents are not together anymore but it's now it's thriving in a in a in Rockford Illinois as well so um, she's got a gourmet dog biscuit bakery but when I was young I would work in the dog biscuit bakery so I had some local business experience there and when I turned, I promise this is all relevant because when I turned 19 and I met Skylar, um, my husband, he had just kind of decided to open this, this store and he wasn't really sure what the store was going to be yet. It was very much on a whim. He purchased it from a friend. He purchased the name and some clothing racks from a friend and, um, you know, purchased kind of a, a store that like wasn't really doing much, um, and decided like I'm going to create I'm going to create the store that I want that I have envisioned that I've gone to see in Chicago and and those types of like punk rock metal stores that I really like to see. So I met Skylar right 
right as this whole scenario was happening, he and I were together a few months later and we were already dreaming up ideas for the store. And he was basically like, do you want to do this with me? Because it seems like you have a lot of ideas, <laughs> a lot of, uh, a lot to put forward here. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. So we decided, you know, I was 19 years old. He was 25. So we had no experience in actually running a business. No, um, no experience in writing out actual business plans or determining what, what running a profitable business would look like. We, it was just like two stupid young kids who were too silly and too naive to realize that it was maybe a bad idea. And we just said, we're going to do whatever it takes to keep this business afloat. So we did that. Um, for years, he and I worked part-time jobs to make sure that the business could stay open. We came up with what we all, we lovingly refer back to now as our barely scraping by goal, which was $60 at the time. We were open seven days a week. So if, as long as we could make $60 in one day, we could just keep the lights on and keep the store open. Uh, pay the rent, keep the lights on. That's about it. So no new product, nothing like that. We just wanted people to be able to come in and we would promise them like new products coming by gift cards. Like we will, we will um, surprise you at Christmas by local. Thank you for buying local. Like we just did whatever we could. And we, and now I realize as a 33 year old that do when I was doing all of that, I was creating business cards. I was creating flyers. I was marketing our business in like, I was on every social media platform and we were doing whatever we could to put our name out there. And I, at some point, you know, I realized back then, okay, I really like this. What am I doing right now? Like, what is this that I'm doing? And, and now I was saying, now I realize as a 33 year old that this, that experience of creating something from nothing and really putting, putting, um, putting all of my effort into what brings people actually into the door of a niche business that nobody needs, <laughs> you know, nobody, nobody needs the things that we sell. What is the, I, what, how can I bring people from our community to know and love this store as a legendary brand? And I realized back then that what I was doing was marketing and design and branding. And so I ended, I ended up going back to school for, um, from, for business and for marketing and design. But then what I really um, learned through real life experience through starting this business that we now still have today is just um, all of these real world and real life principles that I could have never, ever learned from a textbook or never learned on a couple of videos or anything like that. So my it, it was a, a unique experience that I am, I feel privileged at this point to have had because it taught me so much about the world. It taught me so much about relationships and how building relationships and building connections in my community and creating a legendary brand that people will think about and talk about long after we're gone, how important that is in the grand scheme of branding. And that really helped me later on when I started working with personal brands, being able to apply the small business principles of building community to personal brands who are speaking on stage we are building national and international communities virtually all over the country. And so that is how the whole uh, story of my life all fits together. And I only started realizing that, you know, maybe eight years ago when I, when I started really understanding how life kind of puts things in your path for a reason. 
So I, that's my story. That's how I got to where I am now. And now I help personal brands um, and small businesses all over the country and internationally build their personal brands from stages um, through their online presence, through their visibility and, and their reputability and help people talk about them with reverence. Gotcha. Okay. All right. That's great. So one of the ways that I refer to you when people ask me about Lauren Davis, and they do, by the way, mm -hmm. when they ask me about you, Thanks. one of the first things that comes to mind is I call you a social media guru. Okay. I do. Now, I didn't say you said that about you. I say that about you. Yeah. And one of the reasons I say that is because I don't, certainly I don't know all your clients, but I do know some. Okay. And I've seen some of the work that you do uh, for your clients, as well as the things that you do for yourself. And you are innovating with frequency. You're trying new things to see if they work. Mm -hmm. And see, for someone like me, because I am a personal brand, that's one of the things that I treasure most is creativity. Mm -hmm. I know when it comes to hiring someone to help me, and I'm thinking specifically about freelancers, um, you know, the first one that always comes to mind are, are graphic designers, but it doesn't have to be them. That's just who comes mm -hmm. to mind. Um, many times when I hire a graphic designer to do something for me, I give very few directions and it's on purpose mm -hmm. because I'm hiring that person for their creativity because if I could do it, I would. Sure. Yeah. That's the whole point is hiring them for that. In fact, I'll tell you, Lauren, I've actually had a couple people who couldn't handle the fact that I wasn't like every other client who put mm. so many parameters on them. They just, they didn't know what to do with their creativity. It's mm -hmm. like it had been stifled in them. And yeah. I just couldn't end up working with somebody like this. Like if you can't think outside the box here, because you need to understand with me, there's no box. Mm. <laughs> there yeah. isn't. And I often ask people, create something you would love to have in your portfolio. Mm. Okay. The thing you've always wanted to make, make that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's, um, I mean, there's both, there's definitely two sides on that because I know as working as a graphic designer, um, most times when someone doesn't have any, and this is maybe, this is not you, mm -hmm. but most times when people don't have any design parameters, they actually do in their head. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they say, no, be creative. I want to, I want to see what it turns out like, or I'll, I'll know it when I see it or something like that. And then the designer spends hours creating the thing that they know and they feel is perfect for this individual. And then the individual says in about 60 seconds, no, I don't think that's not really what I was. That's not really what I was hoping for. So like, I think I needed to be a little bit more like this, or I think I need it to be, um, you know, I wasn't really thinking, or this is a little too bold for me, or this is a little bit too subdued for me or, you know, whatever it is. So generally as a, as a designer, now what I've learned to do is say, um, I love that you're giving me the amount of creativity that you're, that you're allowing me or my team to work with. Mm. And what I would love to see you do is put together either a Pinterest board or a, um, maybe a selection of Google images of things that you feel very drawn to and why you feel drawn to them. Because that helps a designer and for anyone working with a designer out there, that really helps a designer say like, oh, this is the style that really suits them. Or this is the style that this person really likes. Because even if you want someone to be creative, sometimes you don't even realize the style bias you have of like what style you like or what style maybe someone you didn't like at one time six years ago had and now and that your designer is designing in a, that exact style and you're like no I don't like this style 
and you can't p- pinpoint why you don't like it, but it's because of this person six years ago that rubbed you the wrong way. Right. So I always say put together like a little bit of a style sheet of what you like, and then um, that will really help your freelancer understand who you are and what you're kind of drawn to without overly capping their creativity on the project. Interesting. And, and, I, and I'm certain then that I would be very frustrating for my freelancer <laughs> because my tastes are so varied. Mm-hmm. It's also one of the reasons why I'm a serial entrepreneur and all of my businesses are different. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you can say, I like this style because of this, and I like this style because of this, mm-hmm. and I like this style because of this. And then that, then that gives them some free, some reign to say like, okay, I'm going to go this way. Well, oh, yeah. and, yeah. and what, and what I typically do uh-huh. learn is if I'm hiring someone, we'll, we'll decide ahead of time, you know, yeah. three versions, five versions of whatever it is. Let's <laughs> just pick a logo. Cause that's the easiest thing to pick. Sure. So yeah. It's like, okay, let's say it's five. I want five different ones mm-hmm. and I want them completely different. I want them to look all kinds of different ways. Uh, initially, the color is not what's important to me. It's the design. The color we can fit in later. I mean, that's one of the few parameters typically I'll throw in are the color schemes. Sure, yeah. I will throw those in. But um, when it comes to the other things, almost always this is what happens. I'll see all of them. I'll dig all of them. Mm-hmm. But I'll really like certain aspects of each one. It's like, okay, now let's take this from this, this from this, and this from this, mush that together. Yeah. And it's like, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's what I want. And that's a that's great. That's always great feedback for designers when they're when they know when you can say like after viewing their concepts like okay, this is what I want now that I've seen this section. Right. So, um and this actually brings up a good point when it comes to branding. Like you you um when you are creating a brand and when you're building your brand, especially visually, the visual aspect of your brand because branding encompasses so much more than that. Oh yeah. Um, you know, you usually have already, or if, if you are working through your branding, especially your messaging and your brand voice and stuff, you might come across your brand personality and your brand personality should definitely match what you are putting forth visually. Right. So Mm -hmm. if you're thinking about your brand personality and you're building your brand online, on social media, on your website, on your, um, you know, your Instagram or on TikTok or wherever you're building your brand. Mm-hmm. You want that visual aspect of your brand to come forth um, in in the things that people see. You want that, sorry, you want that visual personality of what your personal brand is to come forth in what people are seeing. So, for instance, like if you go to my Instagram, it's L Davis Creative. You can see that it's very, uh, it's kind of warm and welcoming and colorful. It's not perfectly curated in any way. Um, it's not like overly visually perfect because that's not how I feel as a person. I feel like I am, I feel like I am, um, flawed and I, in, in all the best, you know, in the way that all humans are flawed. And I feel like I am not, you know, the person that you're going to, um, you're not going to see me. You, you might see me in a music venue before you see me at a mall. And that doesn't mean that it's, that doesn't mean that shopping at a mall is bad or in any way it's just not my personality right so to to try to define who what your personality is online and be extra you be really really you um that can really tie huge into working with freelancers like especially graphic designers if you're you know contracting a graphic designer for a one-time project or contracting someone to create social media graphics for you 
having that kind of um, idea of what you want the personality to be can really help guide a project as well. Like what you want to come across when people look at your branding, when people look at the visual aspects of your brand. Um, and I think that that's, I think that's what you're saying is like your, 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 um, your creativity and your personality is that you are very uh, freeing and you're open to new ideas and you're creative and you're innovative. And so that's like the personalities that's coming through, even as I'm talking to you here. Yeah. And, um, and for sometimes I think for some designers, that can be tough to like understand. So maybe understanding what style you want people to connect with when they see your, when they see your brand, like, oh, is it a very bold style? Like when I think about your brand, I already see the bold colors. Like I see primary colors and they're bold, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of, that's what I think of when I think of you is like this oh. very bold, her bold uh, visual brand concept. Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe playing with that a little bit and seeing where that goes, seeing how that would, potentially um how that would potentially tie into your visual identity okay yeah that's interesting yeah and, wow okay we are definitely going a direction i was not expecting i just i didn't no, expect to talk about this really, really good and it's such really helpful especially yeah. for those of you who are if you're not business owners um if you have decision making responsibilities where it is that you work when it comes to this whole idea of of branding and marketing I want you to pay attention to the things that Lauren's saying right now. So, so helpful. I, so I want to dig a little deeper into this. Sure. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned the, the, the bolder colors as far as my visual branding is concerned. Mm -hmm. The that's personality. What that's, that's what, what I teach. Yeah. That's what you're seeing so far. Tell, tell me more about that. So that might help us be able to identify, to self-identify so we can have those kinds of conversations with folks that we are thinking about hiring to help us. Well, I think it really just goes back to what I was saying is like, what, what do you want people to feel? How, when you, when they come across your brand, what do you want people to know about you in the first couple of seconds that they see the visual identity of your brand? So mm. for instance, and that comes, that boils down to a lot of like the messaging work that you do and, and the, the work that you do in creating the, or, or telling the story of your business or your brand. So the first thing that I say when people, you know, we talked about um, social media, and this is where I really focus in on when it comes down to personal branding. So the thing that I always um, ask people right away is like, what are people going to, for the split second that they come across your Instagram profile? Um, if you are a speaker and you're trying to get on more stages, when someone comes to your per your Instagram profile for the first time, do they see a picture of you speaking in the first few seconds that they come across your page. If you are a podcaster and you would like to get more distinguished guests on your podcast, mm -hmm. um, what are they seeing when they first come across your pages? Are they going to see that you're a podcasting? Are they going to develop that idea from the first few seconds that they're on your page? Because if they are not, then there's some, there's some a little bit of work to be done. Um, especially when it comes to optimizing your bio, optimizing what, is in those first nine photos and kind of keeping that in rotation. So that way, every at least every nine photos, you either have a picture of you doing the thing that you want to be known for or that, you, that you're visually giving people an idea of your personality and how to work with you without saying it. Okay. 
Um, because not when when somebody the behavior of people online is very fast. Everything is yeah. moving very fast, right? Mm -hmm. So if let's say, John, you share one of the posts that I've created into your story. Mm -hmm. You say, Oh, this is great. This is great words by Lauren in the caption or something. Someone, one of your followers clicks on my photo, goes to my Instagram page, reads the caption. They might read the caption because you've endorsed me. You've said Lauren is a great, great person to read and they trust you. So that's the first step, right? What's, if they want to keep following me based on what they said, what I said in that caption, the next thing they're going to do is what? Oh, you mean after they look at the one that I after they're yeah after they're looking at the caption, what do you well, think they're going to do? Gonna, they're going to go to my profile, click out of it, and then see the broader view and see all the different things that you have. So the first nine that you yeah. So the first thing they're going to do after is go to my profile, right? They're going to like look at those, look at my profile for just the shortest amount of time, and they're going to decide right then and there, do I want to follow this person or not? Mm -hmm. So for me and the people that I work with. Do I believe that I want people to see like a perfectly curated feed that is suit the most clean and perfect and well, no, I don't because that's not who I am as a person. I am creative. I'm colorful. I have a personality. I feel strongly about things that I believe in. And so I want people to really see that, that, um, that vulnerability and that colorfulness and that kindness and I want them to see that because I'm not a robot. I'm never going to be a robotic style brand. I'm never going to to only talk, only give marketing tips. I'm going to talk about life. I'm going to talk about my dog. I'm going to also talk about how you can be yourself online and how you can really show up as your own personal brand online. Those are the things I'm always going to talk about no matter what. So I want to, but I also love to speak. I'm a podcaster. So those things are always going to be present there too and whether people know that's intentional or not it doesn't really matter because i want th those are all things that i want to show in my brand personality so those are just a, a few little tips when it comes to designing your your feed i would focus less on how perfect it looks and more on what people what information people are getting from it in the moment that they are coming to your page for the first time and making a split second decision about whether they're going to stay connected with you or not Oh man, I couldn't agree with that more and more. Oh, that's, in fact, that's one of the things that I, when I'm coaching other people, uh, one of the types of coaching that I do is business coaching. Mm -hmm. And when I'm talking to some of these folks, many times they are personal brands. They're not always, but many times they are. I just say, look, you've heard the phrasing before, know, mm -hmm. like, trust. Mm -hmm. You've heard it. I know you have. It's like, well, here's the thing. People cannot like and trust you if they don't know you. So yeah. if you're always on brand with your posting, they're never going to know you. Mm -hmm. So that's why you have to. I said, you know, just it's kind of a rule of thumb. I just tell them, look, if you're posting once a day, Monday through Friday, be on brand. Yep. On the weekends, be you. That way and people it, at least have an opportunity to see something about you. Yeah, I have a, a cheat sheet about about all of these things, you know, your background story is one of them that people love to hear. And we always assume that people have seen, people who have come to our social media pages, like that everyone has been following the whole time. No, you can introduce yourself frequently because there are new people showing up constantly and right. they need to get to know you as well. And your friends love introducing you to other people. So they don't mind hearing your introduction again here and there.
um, your why, your big idea, mm. your um, stories about your team and how much they mean to you, about your collaborations with people and why those collaborations actually matter, not just that you're collaborating, uh, your self-improvement, your mission and how daily tasks apply to your core value, your behind the scenes content. I actually have um, a resource with over a hundred of these ideas that I'll, sh I'll definitely share with you. There are a hundred plus high engaging post ideas for personal brands. So I'll just give that to you for free and you can share that with your, your community for sure. Sweet. But All right. It's really important. Yeah. That's going to be in the show notes. So pay attention. It will be there for you. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I think it's really important that people connect to the real you and your show is all about building relationships and mm -hmm. building relationships obviously tie into the bigger picture of how you build your business and, um, and how people are willing to refer you, endorse you, talk about you behind your back in the best way. Right. 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 So Lauren, t tell us who is your ideal client? Um, my ideal client is a personal brand for, well, for, there's a couple different places. So my, my ideal client for coaching um, and for my mastermind is a, a person who is, um, who maybe has some idea about what they want in their business, has some idea about what they're, where they're going in their business, but knows that they want to become legendary for doing what they do. So Okay. My ideal client wants to get on more podcasts. They want to speak more. They want to be more well-known. They want to build connections, strategic connections with the right people, but build those connections out, um, expecting anything in return so that they know those connections are solid for a long time. And those, those are the people that I like to work with. Um, they're people that are very aligned with who I am and who, who want to, um, who want to build their presence in this big kind of scary, weird world of marketing, but build it in a way that feels very aligned to them. Um, mm -hmm. Because I truly believe until you're showing up as extra you mm -hmm. on, on your presence, on social media, in your personal brand, in life, until you're being extra you, you won't be able to, um, you won't be able to truly show up. You'll always have this resistance of, Am I doing this right? I don't think this is working. Um, and so my idea is to help people find that in themselves and really build their personal brand presence around that. Gotcha. Well, of course, that all of that is predicated on the notion that this person that you work with actually knows who he or she is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I know I've worked with people before where they said they wanted to go a certain direction and after having spent some time with them became very clear where they said they wanted to go was not mm -hmm. where they needed to go, at least not in that moment. And it required some, some work on their part to try and figure out who they were. And once they were able to identify that, see, I didn't have to tell them that I knew it, but I didn't mm -hmm. have to say that we did some work on the discovering who you are part that led us to get to the why. And once we got to the why, didn't even think about going that direction anymore. It's like, oh, it's very clear. I need to be going this way now. Yeah, I think there's something to be said there also about who you're trying to serve because um, there, there's three parts to that equation because you need to know who you are. You need to know who you're trying to serve. But many times you figure out who you are in that scenario, in that equation by understanding why you actually want to help these people. Yeah. You know, if, if you want to help certain people or serve certain people with your talents because of because something really just um you know really just hurts you about the way that those people are being treated or 
if it's some reason that, you know, it's something that has to do with your childhood, like why you feel the need to serve this individual group of people, or it has something to do with what you learned in your life, like me, like something like I've always been obsessed with small businesses. I shop local as much as possible. Like I haven't been to a Target except for when I've been out of town and I don't, I have limited resources. I haven't been to a Target in 10 years. Not because I think that there's anything wrong with Target or people who shop or work at Target, but because I would love to support my small businesses as much as possible, even if it makes it a little bit more inconvenient because I have a small business. And I want people to think of my small business before going on to Amazon and right. and purchasing a record from Amazon. So I um so I thought to myself, you know, a few years back, if I want people to support my local business, I'm gonna support small everywhere I go. Every trip I go on, every um time I need to shop for something here, no matter if it's a toothbrush or if it is a, a bath loofah or if it is um, you know, groceries, I'm gonna do my best to support local or small owned or employee owned mm-hmm. as much as possible. So for me, my why of helping small businesses, helping personal brands is very stems very much from who, how I grew up, who I am as a person, what I believe in, what I feel very strongly about is um, supporting your local business and your local economy. And so I, that's, that's why I serve who I want to serve. That's why I help people build their own communities because I think communities and relationship is so important. But sorry about that. That's all right. But I, but I do believe that the the why lies between who you are who you're showing up as and who you want to serve there's this influencer a couple years back who decided she wanted to sell t-shirts which is great um you know to sell t-shirts it's a great thing that you know people start businesses all the time right like there is but there is no real why behind what this t-shirt company would do she had over two million followers and she needed a minimum of 36 t-shirts to from the company in order to sell, in order to have the shirts made, right? So 2 million followers sell 36 t-shirts. There's, I mean, there should be no problem, right? Like no, no issue. Um, however, when she, it came down to selling the, those t-shirts, they, they didn't sell. And there's a reason for that. Um, there people say like maybe it's because she didn't have real followers well it seems as if she has some real followers it just seems like nobody was connect she didn't understand her audience she didn't understand what her audience was searching for her audience is searching for other things from her not necessarily t-shirts and there was no why behind what she was building or why she was building a a t-shirt company um what the idea would be behind that and so she actually didn't even make a single t-shirt because she couldn't sell 36 t-shirts to her 2 million followers. So um, there's something to be said about knowing who you're serving very closely and very intimately. And then knowing why you're doing what you're doing. Why, why do you do what you do, John? Why is it so important to you? Well, of course, it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about the podcast, mm-hmm. um, I can tell you that the reason I even started the podcast was because it came from my place of pain. My greatest source of pain was my divorce over 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I remember what it was like in those early days of how traumatic it was and how difficult it was realizing, beginning to figure out what my role was in the demise of my marriage, mm-hmm. taking ownership of that and working through the pain and the stuff and figuring out what I did wrong, how to get better. As I did all of that, mm-hmm. it was as if scales dropped off my eyes and I could mm-hmm. begin to clearly see 
other people's relationships, specifically men's roles in those. Mm -hmm. And I could see the disaster that many of them were headed toward. Mm -hmm. And so one of the reasons I started this podcast was to help men get better at relationship because once their most significant relationships are better, their businesses just take off. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about financially either. Mm -hmm. There's much, as you know, there's much more to a business than just the profit and loss margin. Absolutely. Much more to it than that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think um, building relationships, building community is one of the most important things you can do. For sure. And yeah, we could we could talk for hours about how that ties into social media and how that ties into building real relationships on social media and not just mass following people or mass DMing people or, uh -huh. um, you know, doing all of the uh, the hacks uh, that people say work to get more followers. There's no reason to do any hacks if you're not actually building real relationships. And I think, yeah, I think that you're really onto something there. And that why that you just shared is so purposeful and so passionate that that's why people pay attention to you. That's why people are listening to this podcast is because they actually care about what what you're saying and what you have to say because you've lived it. You've been through it. You have a and resonating why. Mm. And you know who your customers are. You know who the people are that you're talking to. And um, so you have all three of those things. You know who you are, you know what your why is, you know who your customers are. And that's the first step into building real relationships that are centered around the right thing. Mm, love that. Uh, if you could uh, just kind of briefly tell us a little bit about your podcast, what you're sure. doing with it, uh, maybe a little bit of the iterations it's gone through. Yeah. Um, so my podcast started as uh, it, as a podcast about thought leaders and the live events that they put on. So we, a lot of us, you know, John and I have probably been to countless conferences and different um, personal development type events, uh, masterminds. And so those types of, of events are really interesting. I plan a conference in my, my city, Rockford, Illinois, and people come from all over the place to speak at it, but also to attend it. And so I've always been fascinated by what creates a good marketing conference or what creates a good conference in general and, or workshop or live event. So I decided to start a podcast about it and not just about the event, not about event planning, but about the thought leaders that are putting on these conferences and why they did it, what their purpose was, all the little intricate details that you don't really hear about. And it was kind of brilliant. I hadn't heard anyone else doing it. It was awesome. Um, I was getting different interviews from thought leaders that they usually give because they don't usually answer questions about those things. So mm. it was really fun. Um, then 2020 happened, the pandemic, mm. live events were canceled. And I thought I'm going to poke my eyes out if I have to do one more podcast episode about a virtual event. Definitely not <laughs> going to turn this podcast into a podcast about virtual events. Like okay. it's not going to happen. So I um, did a few episodes about virtual events, which was awesome. The people who, who talked to me were so amazing and telling me how they kind of flipped gears, switched gears. That's a whole different story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was awesome. And then I decided to reroute my podcast to talking to those thought leaders about a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So my podcast is called The Real Personal Branding Podcast. I interview personal brand entrepreneurs. So people who have built a platform around their, um, around being an author, a speaker, a thought leader, their framework, and many of them 
consequently also put on events. So I still get to talk to them about their events and what they do at their events. I can still ask all of those questions, Mm -hmm. but I really changing my podcast allows me to go a lot deeper with the guests that I have. And, um, you were, you and I were talking before the interview about how you you have pages of notes before you talk to someone. I do the same thing with my guests. So I make sure that I am fully researched and I have questions that I really want to know. And as a result of that, the feedback that I've gotten from my podcast is that I'm asking questions people have never heard before. Um, Even after the interviews of many of the guests say, wow, that was a great interview or, and not to toot my own horn, but just to say, you know, people want to actually be heard. They want to be, they want to be talked to. They don't want to answer the same canned questions on every podcast interview, right? Right. So I'm asking the questions people really want to know. And I know this because I really want to know. Yeah. And I'm also asking questions that, you know, that are, that are coming from straight from the heart, straight from the, the soul of a Midwest entrepreneur who is, happens to be connected to people all over the place. And I'm having such a great time. So we talk about personal branding. We talk about how they, their journeys into personal branding, into becoming an entrepreneur. And because we are talking about these journeys, a lot of different things come up, their challenges, the things that they're challenged with right now. And it just reminds me that we are all human beings and we are all building our businesses and, and working really hard at, at this thing that we call life. And um, nobody is better than anyone else. Nobody is higher up. And even if you think someone is so super successful, they're still being challenged by something every day. Sure. I think. Um, and they're still winning at things every day too and celebrating their lives. And it's really cool to see the different mindsets, the different ways and strategies people have built their businesses that are very successful in, in all of our eyes. Um, and just, it's been uh, my pleasure to even just get to talk to people for an hour. Mm-hmm. I sometimes forget that I'm on a podcast and I'm just talking, you know, like this is like what we're doing right now. You just forget that you're talking on a podcast. And you feel like you're just having a conversation with somebody. So if you ever want to start a podcast, I recommend it. But in the meantime, listen to the Real Personal Branding Podcast and Relationships and Revenue Podcast. So that's, that's what you can do in the meantime. And between us, you'll get a, a great amount of um, lessons and knowledge and education. Absolutely. So we're getting close to wrap up time. Um, so what I wanted to ask you real quick, um, we talk about relationships all the time on mm-hmm. this podcast. And as I laid out before, it's my belief that your most significant relationships, if those aren't right, your business never can be right. So what are you doing to impact your most significant relationships and how do those impact your business? Okay. I touched on this earlier, but I'll say it. I want to say it again because it's important. Um, I truly believe in building relationships with people without expectation of anything in return. And a lot of people have asked me in the past, like, how did you get to be friends with so-and-so or how did you get to be on this person's podcast or what, um, you know, how did you get to speak on that stage? And I think it's because they're, they're thinking like, well, Lauren's not from California or from New York and she doesn't look like other people and she doesn't dress like other people. And, you know, they're, they're kind of like, how do if you can do this, I can do this too. How did you do it? And I say the real um, way to do that is to build relationships and, and to connect with people without expectation of ever receiving anything else in return. Um, that's, that's why I've had so many amazing guests on my podcast, because I've been connecting with them for years with no, no reason to ask them for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, you know, that's how I've gotten on stages. That's how I've been asked to be on podcasts. That's how I've 
asked for people to come speak at my conference. Mm -hmm. um, it's because I truly want to get to know people. And let me also say this. If you meet someone and you're like, my thoughts have changed on this person. I don't even want to get to know them because they don't rub me the right way. You have full permission to not get to know them. You don't have to, you don't have to be friends with somebody because everyone else is friends with them or everyone else says they're amazing. Trust your gut feeling and build relationships with people who feel aligned to you without expectation of anything in return. Um, it's like, it's almost kind of like a, in my golden rule. Okay. So that's, that's what I would do. Um, and I will live by that and I'll die on that hill. Okay. All right. Love that. Lauren, how can folks find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at L Davis Creative, or I have a free Facebook group. It's called Understanding Social Media Marketing for Entrepreneurs. It's totally free. No catch. Just come join it. Come and hang out with us. Lots of podcasters in that group. I've seen a lot of people make connections and get on each other's podcasts from that group um, and start doing business together. So it's really cool for me to see that as the group organizer. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to hit our final four. They're just four real quick questions. Tell me the okay. first thing that pops in your head. Um, why did God create Lauren? So what's your purpose? Uh, to, to help people feel more like themselves and feel comfortable being themselves. Yeah, I like that. Question two, what are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Hmm. Um, what I'm reading right now is I'm reading The Big Leap for like the hundredth time by Gay Hendricks. Yeah. Um, he was just on my podcast and his episode is coming out soon. But I, that was a book that was seriously influential to me, and I'm reading it again because I love it. Right. And he has a new book coming out on the Genius Zone, and so I'd like to oh, oh. read that again. He, it just came out, um, and so I'm going to read that as well. So I wanted to read the first one again. Okay. Uh, question three, and it's kind of a two-part. Mm -hmm. What do you do for fun, and what do you do for fun with your hubby? Okay, uh, what I do for fun is... Um, I, I really like hanging out with friends. So I love spending time with friends. That's like my number one thing that I would do. Or or just being alone with myself, listening to music, um, just kind of introverting and charging up. Those would be my favorite things. With my husband, we definitely enjoy listening to music, like listening on records, going to see a show, um, spending time around music. Definitely our number one thing we do together. All right. And finally, number four, what are you most grateful for? Oh, I'm so grateful for... Um, for the experience that I have, the experience that I had as a youngster starting a business and being able to apply that experience and not having the perseverance to not give up. I don't know where that came from, um, but I'm really glad that I had it because now it ha it helps me so much. I always think back to different times. It feels like a different lifetime ago where I say, hey, this was amazing experience and I learned from that and now I can apply it here. So I'm very grateful for that. Oh, that's fantastic. Lauren, thank you so much for your time today. I really, really appreciate it. Just giving us all kinds of insights into the world of personal branding and marketing. But beyond that, it just how to be us in our digital, within our digital selves. Mm -hmm. essentially. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun and I really appreciate the interview. Thanks, Dan. You bet. Listeners, viewers, thank you all very much for being here today. As always, I want you to know I don't take it lightly because you chose to invest time, which I know is your most precious resource. So thank you once again for that time. You guys have a great day. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. 
Thanks again for listening, and remember, passion gets you started, purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.